gentlemen, those of you who prefer not to identify, and welcome to In Poor Spirits. I am, of course, Mark Hunyu, as always, and with me is... Dimitri Gellis. That's right. How you doing, bud? Good, good. What's going on with you? Not much. Not much. It's been a, it's been a week, huh? It's been a nice... It's Monday. It's Monday. It's been a weekend. <laughs> it's all kind of mixing together now. For those of you who have never joined us before, uh, we are out-of-work bartenders whose days are mixing together in this quarantine, uh, and we've decided to meet up once a week, make some cocktails for each other, and digress into conversation and nonsense. Uh, so, I today will be making for you, my friend, an orange bloom cocktail. I found it in this very weird book that I own called the Savoy Cocktail Book, uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's different. It's uh, it's shaken, uh, and it doesn't look like a shaken cocktail. This whole book is kind of feels real old timey and almost like you're reading something that a pirate put together. In my opinion, <laughs> I don't know why. Well, it's also an old book. It is an old book. Yeah, it's an old. Anyways, it, it's a it's a very old book, uh, and I found it in there. It looked like it would be a stirred cocktail, but it is actually shaken. So it is the orange bloom cocktail. I'll be making for you. And I made you a Boulevardier. Yeah. Uh, it is a stirred cocktail. It's essentially a Negroni made with whiskey. It's an enjoyable cocktail. It's it's bitter. You have to have the right palate for it. If you don't like Negronis, you won't like this. It won't change anything about that. Uh, yeah, I hope you enjoy. Uh, but that leads us to what we're talking about today, which is shaken versus stirred. And we're just going to be discussing the benefits of each technique, I think, and kind of delve deeper into conversation from there yeah absolutely so uh if this is a good time for everybody to go ahead and grab your drink uh, pop open that beer or mix together whatever concoction you have in mind we'll be right back with some conversation cheers my friend cheers buddy mine looks like champagne without bubbles that's the color of it Oh man, that is definitely a Boulevardier. <laughs> what do you think? It's good. It's refreshing. I don't know what it is. It's um so it is it's uh gin. Yes, there's gin. It's uh half parts gin, quarter parts sweet vermouth, Italian vermouth, uh and quarter parts contro. And it is... Um, it takes a really interesting color. It does. The orange actually comes from the vermouth. Yeah. Because you got the, the control and the gin, which is clear. So it's just a little bit of that vermouth. And then dilute that with your ice, the cherry. You get that fun orange flavor. I feel so like it, you can is it only... It. It's only an ounce and a half cocktail? It's two ounces. So I did one ounce of the gin, and half, half ounce. Half. Yeah, half ounce of the other two. So it's honestly, I feel like it's just for a gulp. Uh, I didn't look up where Boulevardiers come from, but I do know it's just a classic style of drink. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, it's I, I don't mind Negronis. I'm not a huge fan, but I do like Boulevardiers. Uh, it's you just have to be ready for that bitterness to to hit you and and know what to expect. Because when I hand you that drink, it almost looks like it could be like a nice Cosmo. It, it, yeah. I mean, it's too clear, right? But it looks like it could be like a nice, like, not refreshing, but non-abrasive 
martini style drink and it's this abrasive. is in your face this yeah. is in your face i do not like it has campari so so you don't like it but it's all right just drink it i'm it's going three to ounces of booze i'm fine i'm gonna drink It'll it you'll be all right i'm not worried about that i'm gonna be you able to get through this that before you gave me stirred i didn't give you anything i asked you which one you were taking and you said shaken i said my cocktail is shaken yeah so that led me to stirred we had to do one of each. You told me you were going to do a rusty nail earlier, which is yeah. why I specifically took a shooken. But that would have been more of a dive into like the weird and obscure things that people forget about. Yeah. Because they had their day. but yeah. I feel like that's what my cocktail completely hits on, though. Those obscure things that you have to kind of flip open those old books. I mean, my book itself, I granted, I ordered it on Amazon, so it's it's a very nice hardcover photocopied book but that's kind of what i love about it is you can tell that they've got this old raggedy book and photocopied page for page um and you have like uh the the measurements are sometimes in gills and and things like that and it's just very it feels like you're reading a piece of history almost uh so i feel like mine you would not consider a classic have you ever heard of the orange bloom cocktail before today i have not but i bet you we could ask some people and they would have um, but no, I've never heard of the orange bloom, although I have spent a good deal of time going through the Savoy, but it's just so expansive. There's a lot. There's so many cocktails in there and you just like, you start glimpsing through and you miss like these interesting little ones. With barely any context either, which is oh, like yeah. what I think we enjoy about uh, the books that we dive into. And when we go on our rants here specifically, we'll, we'll go into the stories and lore that kind of like go behind the cocktail itself the mythos of it if you will uh and i feel like the savoy is just recipe and ingredient after ingredient and they barely even tell you like how to put it together it's just like shaken uh over over rocks uh some just say powdered sugar uh so i like it it's it's like the bare bones of what cocktails basically started out to be because they weren't good i mean if you read a lot of the old stories especially when uh when you talk about these classics, most of them got their heyday during Prohibition, where it was hard to get your hands on good alcohol, on any alcohol. So they had to, like, basically water it down or doll it up, rather, with these uh, with these other flavors because it was gin made in a bathtub, right, or whatever yeah. spirit you were using. You just had to, it was just an attempt to make it palatable. And What do you think cocktail means? Like, where does that slang come from? You know? I think anything's a cocktail, right? No, no. Uh, I mean, the the actual, like, cocktail. Some people speculate that it could be from, like, a rooster's tail, like a cocktail. Other people I've, I've read uh, say that it's um, from a racing horse term, which I almost think might be true. Just because uh, Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah, I, I guess that. Uh, they say that because a lot of the uh, horses that were not purebred, they would cut the tails and kind of knot them up, and they would call them cocktails. These horses who were racehorses and doing very well, but they weren't purebred, so they were kind of out of their league, if you will. And that's what this was, because back in the day, especially during Prohibition times, cocktails had a darker and sinister association with them. It was like the nightlife, right? Or like... You were more of a miscreant. You were not a yeah. child of God. You were out swing dancing and drinking cocktails. And uh, people would call them bitter slings back in the day. I like the one, and this one seems less likely to be true just because of how new 
America is compared to the rest of the world, and who knows, like, when people started calling him cocktails or whatever. Um, but this is, it says, a popular story from New Orleans. Um, essentially, there was an apothecary. I might be saying that wrong. Apothecary. Apothecary. And then by the name of Peychud, Peychud, uh, the same guy that the bitters are named after. Peshots. Yeah, Peshots. Whatever, man. I don't speak French. <laughs> Back off me. Um, I'm probably saying it wrong. Uh, and he made a, a French egg cup drink. And the French word for egg cup is coctier. And they eventually started saying cocktail. Instead of coctier, they said cocktail. And then it eventually became cocktail. Uh, I just read that online and once again citing no sources. <laughs> but I do like that story. I've heard that one before. That it came from the, the French word coctier. I believe that. Ooh, anyway. Sorry. So, uh, stirring and shaking are very different techniques, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, stirring a cocktail, the only thing you want to do is dilute and chill, right? You're not trying to change much about, like, the components, whereas with, like, shaking, you can get very different textural vibes from, like, the way yes. you shake, The if you do a single double shake, you know, if you add egg whites, you can do that, adding citrus, blending everything together, changing the mouthfeel, it all kind of... Uh, it plays a significant part in shaking. Whereas stirring, you're really letting the components shine and showing your uniqueness and the way that you mix them. Yes. What do you think is harder to do? To do in general? Like to do well? Consistently. Whenever. I'd say it's harder to stir. I, don't, I stir nicely, but I don't stir anywhere near perfectly. Can you double stir? I can, but I have to turn the spoons upside down. And I have to do it in one hand. Really? Yeah. I have to do two hands. I can't do the one hand. I can do two hands, but it, I'm more coordinated using one and doing two spoons in one hand. Interesting. I wonder if I'm still up to par with my stirring techniques. I'm just hopelessly non-ambidextrous. Like, I am so dominated by my left hand. Like, my right hand doesn't can't do anything. Rub your tummy, pat your head sort of deal. I, I was always okay at that. And I remember, I think it was our friend Kat who taught me finally how to get the two stirring hands down. But I do them, I go opposite of each other. So both my hands are going, one's going counterclockwise, the other's going clockwise. I can't do... Yeah, that's both. how I, yeah. I do it too. I misspoke there, right? Like, I can do things with both hands. Are like, sure? I can multitask. But if it comes to, like, fine motor skills, I can't do it with my right hand. It's tough. I think the, the hard part about the stirred cocktail is... You can over-dilute it so easily. To... I feel like it's way more easy to under-dilute it, though, because you think you're going to over-dilute it. True. And you're and if you're stirring at home and you're not a bartender like me or Mark, like, or even if you are, maybe, and you've never worked in a place that does a lot of stirred cocktails, you just, it's not like a, a feeling as much as shaking is, you know? When you're shaking, you can literally feel, like, the weight, you can hear the ice curbing, you can hear it, like, hitting the, or the tins less... Because it's lost its volume. Well, not only that, but shaking, there's a certain point where you're going to reach equilibrium and you can't really overshake something. You can undershake it. Like, it's... it's I'd say you could definitely overshake it. What if you shake something for like 10 minutes? Well, that's, that's extreme. What if you do a 30-second shake, which is kind of the recommended number, but you shake way too hard? Then you'll over... You'll overshake it. You can over-dilute. Shaking is supposed to be... 
violent. It's supposed to be it the is. the crashing. You know, you're supposed. I was always told you're supposed to shake it awake, not lull it to sleep. And I agree. And that's where you can get those mouthfeels, right? That's where you can get the fun, different. Uh, like in your acids, you have the fun proteins, or a lot of people use the egg whites. That's just perfect to get that foamy mouthfeel, to get those air bubbles, because that's all it is. You're you're diluting and chilling with both functions, right? With stirring and with shaking, you're doing the same thing. There's not much difference going on besides the 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 speed at which you're doing it, because you can get something stirred to about the same temperature mm-hmm. as shaking. It's just going to take you longer. The... Stirred cocktails are much less forgiving. Yes, absolutely. Than a shaking cocktail. I think that's the point kind, I'm of, to make. kind of what you're trying to get at, and I would 100% agree with that. I like stirred cocktails. I like to challenge myself to make one that everyone will enjoy because it's hard to do because not everyone has the same palates, obviously, but... Like, there's cocktails I could shake you up and everyone would be like, all right, that's a pretty good drink, you know? But there's a lot of people that would have rejected the fuck out of that Boulevardier if I, I put that in front did. of them. I, I mean, and the funny thing is it's getting better as I go down. Cause yeah, because that's how alcohol works. Absolutely. I, I think it's sweeter, too. I think you're get, I'm getting more of uh, sweet vermouth now rather than the, the sharp Campari. That's also it falling apart. That's why we shake things, right? We shake them, and the more it's out, the cocktail's out on the floor, the more it's falling apart. You don't want a stirred cocktail to be so finely bound together. You, those things should already be good as is, or you should just kind of want to taste those flavors, and that's why I think it's more intimidating. Those drinks, like an old-fashioned, are, are I mean, and, and they tend to be much more spirit-forward than most stirred cocktails. And There's no sugar in there. I mean, there might be sugar, but... Not enough to like cut it. There's no acid. There's no sourness. You don't hit all the layers of your taste buds, and it's almost like focusing, and that's why they seem intense. And this will happen with a martini as well. When you hand that to somebody who isn't drinking your cocktail, who isn't having the old-fashioned or the martini, if you give them a sip, nine out of ten times, their first reaction is going to be, Ooh, that's strong. Oh, yeah. Like, woo! Like, it's that high pitch, just like, oh, man, you're trying to get at it. People who are who lean more towards a stirred cocktail aren't trying to pound that by any means. Like yeah, they're sipping cocktails. Um, yeah. I'd say uh, stirring. There is like a crutch you can use with stirred cocktails, and especially like in our in service and like when using menus is serving them on a rock or over the rocks, because then you almost take away the chance that they will under dilute, because it's gonna dilute itself, which is cool. I mean. Shaking, shaking cocktails can be the same way, but they don't look as sexy when you just put one big ass ice cube in there. It's true, because it's all—it's clouded, it's aerated. Do you like your old fashions built or stirred? I like them stirred. Stirred. Just me though. I don't think there's a wrong way to go about it, unless you're putting Sprite in it. <laughs> we'll, oh jeez. We'll jump back to that in a Here little bit. Though. Is that still a stirred cocktail? They definitely build that in the glass, right? Because you they muddle in the bottom. Well, I've been reading Liquid Intelligence today, just since we decided we were going to do this topic, uh, and that's an a dense book where they bring out their thermometers and they bring out all of their scientific research and they put up everything. Uh, drink, drink versus drink, uh, different shakes types versus different ice types uh and i i mean they 
classify an old fashioned as a built cocktail, which surprised me when I first read it. But that that's their flagship built cocktail is an old fashioned. And I think you and I, as a more modern bartender, we were taught that it was a stirred cocktail. So I don't know it as really a built cocktail, but it does make sense. Two or three deep, dude comes up, says, give me four old fashions. I'm not pulling out two mixing glasses. I'm pulling out four rocks glasses and I'm building one each one in the glass, putting the ice in and giving it probably like eight to seven less stirs than I would. If I was stirring, which sounds weird, but since that ice is being used to make the cocktail, it's going to dilute fast. You've already added the energy to it. And we're com- we're commercial bartenders, and I feel we often forget that. We are on a on a basis where we're using simple syrup. We're batching yeah, if we can. You it know? could be built in the glass because it's super traditional old-fashioned. It was muddled. Yeah, I went home, and my mom... I was saying, oh, I'll make an old-fashioned. It's one of my favorite drinks to make. And she had the sugar cubes. And she's like, we muddle it. And I was just like, that's just not how I was taught. But yeah, that is. That is a traditional old-fashioned. And in this case, I'm wrong. Did you use oranges? No. She had orange bitters. You so, used muddled orange bitters and ango bitters? Ango bitters the sugar. on the sugar. And then put the whiskey in on top of that. It was nice. super great. Yeah, they were, they were awesome. What I would consider... The correct way is an industry standard correct and not necessarily because that is such a different feel. Crushing, muddling the bitters on top of the sugar cube, pouring it in, you you feel like you're at home. And I'm not used to that. I I turned 21 in Chicago, so I I wasn't... Hell yeah. Reclaimed your soul. <laughs> Apparently. Turned 21 in the city, you don't leave. A lot of my drinking in the city is, is very much industry drinking. It's out in a bar. It's not in a home too much like I would have probably experienced had I stayed in California and I often forget to step aside of my uh, industry standard self and know that there are other correct ways to go about making a, a decent stirrer. I mean we've said it a bunch of times on this show that there's no right way to do it there's just a right way that we believe in we have very similar styles of bartending and I've even just said it solely about myself there's things that I think it's the right way but then I have to remember like it's just how I was taught and I like it that way well, I like how you say the right or wrong way. I don't even think it's about that. It's about workflow. We're so into this workflow because it's proven true to us, even in some of our most hectic of Saturday, Friday nights. Same thing with when I edit these podcast episodes. They're coming by faster because I've harnessed that workflow and I've solidified it and figured it out. So it's the same way behind the bar. We have a certain workflow. So when that kind of gets upset, we question it. You know, we question the muddling of the sugar, which is absolutely how that cocktail was meant to be done. That was its inception. Even though that's the way it's meant to be done, I do definitely prefer it with like dem sh- simple dem uh, syrup or simple syrup because then I have no chance of well, if the syrup's made right, no chance of getting that graininess at the end, or I have a more balanced cocktail throughout the entirety. That is your beverage director brain, wanting to make sure that you can consistently have that. And I agree with you. That's us fortifying. That's us understanding that as a bartender, it's smarter to preheat your sugars and make them more soluble because it's not very fun to chew your drink. It just makes more sense in a commercial space. And honestly, I always have a simple sugar in the fridge now, and I'll use it for my coffee too. It's just convenient. Cool. So what other things did that book say about shaking scientifically? With all the tests that they were doing, using different ices, different durations of shaking, um, essentially after about 10 seconds, you're not doing much to bringing that temperature down anymore because it's reached that equilibrium. Yeah. 
So it, it won't go down anymore. And trust me, I am. I mean, people make fun of me because of my shake. I, I like to think of it as like more of a maraca. And what, I your double shake, my little double up and down. Because I go, to, I go to the side. Do the but side. That's purposeful, so I can lean in and hear people across the bar. While I'm I also, shaking. if I'm doing one, if I don't have both hands, my arm will naturally go to the center. Yeah, and people make people have made fun of me doing. See, you're making fun of me right now. I can do it. <laughs> I can do the mark. You can do the it's mark, a, and that's yeah. Double tap front, double tap back, and hand on the chest. And hand on the chest, and that's a uh, that's a weird. Don't uh, ask me to do it right-handed though. No, that's no. how I do it though. I know. I I'm sorry. Do it left-handed. Uh, yeah, and so we all. I feel like we all adapt these styles uh, that we have. Uh, there was a guy, I worked with Georgie, and he had a fantastic shake. Man, he put his heart and soul into that thing. Yeah, I don't know if you should name drop people like that, Rudy, oh. but interesting shake. His whole body. <laughs> Nobody can see what I'm doing, but I'm. They <laughs> can probably hear. You that. can maybe hear the the whisping. And I mean, I was shaking some stuff earlier today, uh, just for fun. And my roommates were even starting to make fun of me. And you know what? Don't don't make fun of your bartender's shake. That's their style. Appreciate them being themselves and making sure that your cocktail is as well put together as it can be, regardless of how silly it makes them look. So I was doing a little bit of research, and I found a pretty cool article that did a very similar thing where they tested shaking versus stirring, but they... They were actually comparing the two, um, but they broke it down pretty scientifically. Uh, they took 70 grams of vodka, and they shook it and stirred it, and then they did a bunch of different tests on it. Um, shaken, it got down to 29 degrees, and stirring for the same amount of time, or I don't know if it was like per rotation versus per shake, I don't really know how much they broke it down, but stirring, they got it down to only 38 so you can get cocktails significantly colder shaken. The weight of both changed pretty significantly. Um, the stirred cocktail gained 16 grams of water, but the shaken gram gained 46. Grams of water? Grams of water. So at the beginning of it, it's just vodka and ice and water, right? Or just vodka and ice. The beginning, there was 70 grams of each. Stirred, they got 16 additional grams, so there's obviously much less dilution. But at the same time, most of the time, there's a higher amount of ingredients. So there's other things that you're fighting while shaking, you know? I'd say, like, most stirred cocktails don't get past, like, five touches. Like, that might be the max. But most shaking cocktails are, like, minimum of four-ish. I'd say minimum of, like, three. Minimum yeah, three, of three, but there's normally a fourth touch in there. At least, like, in the modern cocktailing yeah. world. Absolutely. Um, now, the part that really fucked me up was the, the dilution of a shaken one. It went from uh, 80 proof, because it was just vodka, and it made it down all the way to 45 proof. So it halved its ABV when it was shaken, whereas it, when it was stirred, it only lost like about uh, 20%. Or 10%. But you're still drinking all of... Like, you're not losing alcohol if you drink all of that, what was in the tin, right? Yeah, but you would have to... You can drink smaller amounts of stirred cocktails. True. And get... It, I, the funny... The thing is that I left out of not mentioning about this <laughs> is that it's testing which one will get you fucked up better. 
Got you. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. That makes sense. So that's why it's taking or taking ABV into account. So you'll have to drink more of a shaken cocktail than you would of a stirred cocktail with the same starting alcohol. Economical economical drinkers would want to save or would want to drink stirred cocktails, quote unquote. But they're harder to drink. They're they're more intimidating. Yeah, and I feel like the solution is either fucking slam it or you end up sipping it and nursing it forever. Or if it's on the rocks, you just nurse it till it's mostly water, then you just pound it. <laughs> Which is what I, I typically do. Yeah, that's not your fault, though. You normally order your first old-fashioned when we're like four beers in and four shots. Wow, it's been a minute since we've done like a night out, huh? Almost a year. <laughs> yeah, man, we're coming up on a year. Woo-hoo. Today is Monday, January 18th? Yes, sir. So we are... Well, this will air on Thursday, but we're pretty much caught up, like we said last week. Um, it's pretty cool. Tomorrow's a pretty big day for our industry. There's a press conference where they said they're going to make some sort of announcement. Yeah, we're, we're trying to see what's going on um, to see if we can get those indoor dinings back up and running. We'll get um, some of us back to work. At, well, how do you feel? I know that's, a, that's another hot button topic. How do you feel about that? putting you on the spot okay. here i'm putting so, you on the spot here so i definitely think restaurants should be open i definitely yeah. think that at this point it's like you said it's been almost a year if you're afraid and you don't want to go out don't go out i don't see the benefits outweighing the economic damage i don't even know if it's just the i know it's not just the service industry like some things are obviously thriving right now because of the way that the world's working at the current moment and some things are dive bombing i just think it's ridiculous that costco which is jam-packed and and like these gyms are open but it's illegal to go have dinner or let you know let these bartenders work when's the last time you saw a line at the grocery store they're not doing head counts anymore no you know i understand it right because we get more careless the longer we or the more we drink and we'll probably take our masks off and we'll probably start spreading things and that's fine but i think it should be go out at your own risk i don't think there should be mandated closures and I mean, I don't know, I've been keeping up with some of uh, the other states, like California, obviously, and there are now just like these crazy, like underground parties going on and things like that. And I, I think mean, they go on here too. Oh, of course they do. I mean, I know I'm not invited to them. I'm sure that people have been having a good time and, and like going out to like these underground bars that are probably still open and, and running their stuff. And just to have more, you know, regulation is probably better than that. I'm all I'm all open for restrictions, man. Like I understand, and I don't want to put people at risk. But I, so like I I will comply with every restriction. But I just think it's crazy that we can't do indoor dining still. And I I might be in the wrong there. I'm, some people might not like that like that opinion. But I just <laughs> it's just being on the inside. It's just chokeholding. It's just literally suffocating the people that provide us jobs too. Yeah. Like they have no moves to make, and it just it's fucked. You just watch these this list of bars and restaurants in Chicago that are never going to open again, and it just keeps growing and growing and growing, and it just it's like a lot of these places are cornerstones of our industry and play pieces of Chicago history, and it sucks, man. It's just it's it's a rough world out there for the mom and pop, and it's rough for the mid-sized companies and the big companies man imagine all the rents you're paying if you got 15 restaurants oh i can yeah i can only and imagine. imagine if your restaurants are spread out between here and new york <laughs> like fuck or la 
even. Yeah. Like, major cities, it's it's rough everywhere, but like restrictions are obviously much less intense in areas of the smaller populations. So it's the places where the cost of living is the highest that are are gonna get screwed the most, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I just want to get back to, I just want to get back to a a routine. Um, but anyway, back to shaken versus stirred. Here's my biggest point and I want to discuss it with you. Yes. Is James Bond a fool for getting his martinis shaken and starting a shaken craze? (laughs) Um, I think it's a dumb move. I don't think there's any point in, in shaking that because it, you're just going to dilute it more, but maybe that's what he wants. Yeah. So the only, the only way... I, I can see a benefit of shaking if you want your martinis fucking ice cold. But that means you don't want to taste it. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's the thing. Shaken, not stirred. And honestly, I feel bad because it's been years since I've seen those. Does he down it? Does he just one gulp it? Because if that's the case, if he's ordering shaken, not stirred, and he just downs it in one go, then there's intention there's a reason he's doing it he doesn't want to taste it and yes in that case makes sense who's your favorite james bond <laughs> sean connery sean connery uh, um i have to lean towards pierce bronson what's his name you know his name i uh yeah I pierce, bronson. So. pierce bronson um uh, yeah he, that he's he more looks like the james bond he's suave uh so funny story this is completely off topic but I introduced my wife to the Oceans movies, right? Those are good. So those are good movies. But she kept seeing Casino Royale on Netflix, and she, for some reason, confused them for the Oceans movies because they rob a casino in the first one, Mm -hmm. right? So then I put it on for her, and she's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, where's... (laughs) Where's George Clooney? Where's George Clooney? Where's fucking Brad Pitt? Where's Matt Damon? Like, what the hell? I'm like, what are you talking about? You've been saying you want to watch this movie. I was like, it's Daniel Craig. She's like, why is he part of the Ocean's crew? And I was like, oh, I get it. You're very confused. Love you, babe. Sorry about that. Not a Daniel Craig fan, though? I mean, I she might be. I don't know. Are you? I like Daniel Craig. I like the, I like his James Bonds. Uh, but they don't... When I think about James Bond, I think about, you know, uh, Goldeneye. Yeah. <laughs> I like... Not even just the movie, like the video game is what comes into my head first, and they use his voice and like, I guess not his likeness because you don't really see his face ever. Yeah, but you get you get him in like the cutscenes and like when they kind of pan around the guy. Well, we were discussing this just within I don't know maybe it was me and you, but uh, within a group of people, and we were just kind of talking about like PlayStation versus Nintendo, and I was like, Nintendo wins all day because PlayStation One was two players and Nintendo was four. And they made games that you could play four players on. Yeah, they were always good with that. Here, here's my question. At the end of the day, what do you drink the most? A shaken or a stirred cocktail? Um, I'd probably lean more towards shaken. I'm a big sour guy. And not necessarily just the sour style of cocktail, but a sour flavor profile. Being not a huge drinker that I am, I tend to be slightly turned off by a lot of stirred drinks. I do like a few that, like, that I know and I, I like. It's like Old Fashioned, Hawkins. Don't t- lean too hard toward Manhattan's. Uh, I'll do a Boulevardier. You won't find me ordering a Negroni, though, unfortunately. I don't know why. I just think that the whiskey 
has a little more sweetness compared to the gin, and it kind of plays into it a little more. That makes sense. Um, and I can I can drink one of those. Um, but I, I'd have to say I'm definitely a, a shaking guy. I'm a sucker for a good whiskey sour. You know that. You all know that. I've said that like 4,000 times on this show, I'm sure. I like gold rushes, which is just a whiskey sour with honey. Uh, how about you? With stirred, right? Old Fashioned's your go-to. Old Fashioned is my go-to. So I would say more often than not, stirred if I'm drinking. But I love shaking cocktails if I'm making something. Um, yeah, I much prefer to shake. It's, it's just quicker. It's more yeah. of a show. 100%. It's loud, planking ice around. When I work, I barely even work there. I honestly just kind of train there for a second. But Earl's uh, Kitchen, that's kind of how they trained us. It's a show. Like, you're supposed to be taking the attention with, like, every shake. They put the bars in the most kind of focal points of the uh, venue, you know, so that you can actually see where the drinks are. It's, it's, it's the star of the show. You know, your night, your drink is typically your lead performer. And that's why they make the bar feel almost like a stage. It's raised up. I think shaking a cocktail for me is so much more fun. And I think you're right. I only get old fashions. I don't like Negronis. I barely like Manhattans. Sazerac? I'll fuck with a Sazerac. I'm a sucker for, uh, for smoke and mirrors. I like things to be dolled up, and that's exactly <laughs> what a shaken cocktail is. It's, uh, it is putting things together that do not belong and making it work as some sort of magic trick. All right, and that line of thought, when discussing different spirits, different people that you tend to associate with them, do you have people you tend to associate with steak, shake, shaken versus stirred? Busy Saturday night, I got a couple bros walking up. They might order, you know, regular shit, beer and shots or whatever. Guy walks up to me in a suit. I feel like he's he's leaning more towards a nice stirred cocktail. Yeah. At, yes. Start, I see what you're saying. To start off, and then. I mean, that's more. Let's piggybacking right off of James Bond. That guy wore tuxedos on yeah, a day to day. But he shook his cocktails. He did. But he drank, drank a cocktail that is traditionally stirred. That's traditionally stirred. I mean, and I think that juxtaposition is what they were going for when they made that line. I don't think a bartender made that line, you know, shake and not stirred. I think they wanted him to be this mystique, this essence of a man who even trips up the bartender. Where I was trying to go in a roundabout way is I think that we associate stirred drinks as like grown-up cocktails. Yeah, they're stronger, they're intimidating. You have to have the palate for them. I think you're right. I think that uh, there is more of a mature sensibility around a stirred cocktail, whereas a cocktail that you would shake is something that is more associated with parties. Or Playfulness. Kind of play yeah, very playful. I think that's it. I think we're good. Yeah, that's that's our opinions on stirring things and other stuff in general. Uh, shaken. And some nonsensical rambling just for fun. Of course, we always do it. Uh, you guys, we're going to try and get a little more focused with our topics and things like that uh we have a discord that we uh will post in the <clears throat> info down below um if you want to join that and help come up with ideas with us you're more than welcome to uh right now it is still empty and that's a lot on me because i haven't invited anybody but uh yeah if you're a discord person come and join our community uh we also have our instagram which is in poor spirits we also have our twitter uh quick update we're up to six followers we doubled since last week yeah, and that's because of you guys and i also figured out how to fix it so it's at in poor spirits is our twitter um it's not super active kind of like discord 
Uh, but I do post things on there slightly regularly. I posted a nice picture of Zeppelin last week. Heck yeah. Yeah. Also give uh, props to Dimitri. He is uh, right now helping get his daughter on a proper sleep schedule, which means he's not really sleeping right now, but he's still coming in and recording with me. No, I Thank slept. you. It's okay. It's, it's <laughs> he's good. being modest. We will see you guys next time. Thank you again for listening. We love you. Uh, have a good day. Woo! Peace out. Peace out. As always, fuck you, Mark.